This is the Next Level Real Estate Podcast presented by the Ryan Gillen team, and we're going to continue our investment series with multifamilies versus single-family homes. We want our clients to be the most informed clients out there in the sense of what they're doing with their money when it comes to real estate. I can't tell you about other investments, but with me, I want you to understand what your money can do with real estate. And it starts with understanding where you're going to go with single-family purchases or multifamily purchases, what type of investor do you want to be? I'm here with Jordan Lance and Andrea Rocky, and they're going to ask me some questions, and we're going to start going through and breaking down the single family and multifamily difference. So you do a lot of investing, obviously, Ryan. So you typically prefer multifamily, correct? Yeah. So I started and I did single families and multifamily properties. I'm actually possibly getting ready to buy two single family properties. Um, but my portfolio consists right now of all multifamilies. Okay. Now and that's, and that's duplexes, threeplexes, um, anywhere up to, I think we have one that's a, an eight unit. So nothing huge, just uh, smaller multifamily units. Okay. So do you prefer, you obviously prefer the multifamily since that's the majority of what you have, I would say. So why? Okay. What's so, your reasoning behind that? So there's no reasoning in the sense of like, I just hate single family homes. Like that's not the case. Actually, when I first started investing, I, I bought some single families and some multi units, but I sold the single families to like all my clients. They would like, couldn't find a property. So I went and showed a couple clients and they'd be like, yeah, this one's perfect. Okay. I'm like, okay, here you guys can, you can buy it. And I, I ended up selling it. Well, that's one of the reasons single family homes are so nice to buy as rentals is because you can sell them so easy. If you want to liquidate something, you can sell them very, very quickly. Like, I mean, instantly. Multifamilies, you got to find an investor. They have to get a loan. They have to do all this kind of stuff. So it's not as easy to liquidate. But the single family homes were really easy to liquidate. I actually wish I would have kept the single family homes because each property would have made me like another 30 grand if I would have kept them from when I sold them like 2017, 2018, from why the market's gone up so much. But um, for me right now, the reason I haven't bought single family homes is because the deals aren't there. Um, If you think about it, like, the market's so high, so it's hard to it's hard to find that property that makes sense unless it's like a real fixer upper. So my rehab homes are the reason I can still buy single families. We're doing two right now in downtown Dayton. I might possibly buy these and, and refinance them um, because we're not going to get the amount of money we want out of them, but I can refi them and have no money in the property. So then there would be two single family homes that I own. But really right now, you're it's, it's hard to find that single family property uh, that makes sense. And the multi-units, you can they're easier to make sense. There's just a higher cap rate and a higher cash return on your investment in those. And it seems like right now, if you can find a good deal on a single family home, because you can get into it cheap, it makes a lot more sense to then turn it around and resell it because of how high the market is. So like yeah. versus your multifamilies, you hold on to them a lot longer. The single families, even if you can happen to find a good deal right now, yeah. you just turn it right back around. Exactly. So my, my brother and I, um, my twin brother owns a couple single family homes. We were talking about all the properties we rehabbed since like 2014, 2015. If we would have kept them all and rented them and sold them this year, we would have made like an extra $2 million. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I know Jordan's head just like popped up on that. Like, <laughs> she's like, wow, that's a lot. But that's, that's crazy. But this is also the reason. So when you're rehabbing properties in a high market, you just put a stupid number on it and you sell it, you pocket the money and you move on and you build up that cash. And then when the market dips, uh, this next time, I'm not going to make this next mistake because I didn't have the money to hold on to these properties. Like we were just trying to 
turn them and buy the next one, turn them and buy the next one. We just didn't have the money to, to hold on to all these properties. Mm-hmm. Well, this next time, I'm going to figure out a way to, when the, when the market dips, to, to rehab these properties, keep them, and rent them. And then when we're ready to sell, I'm going to put some fresh paint on them. But basically rehab them as a sense of like putting LVP flooring throughout. Make sure you're putting things in there that are going to last mm-hmm. to where all you have to do is really paint it put some you new know, lipstick back on it and then sell it. Um, so, because essentially like, you know, we could have made an extra 30 grand, 30, 40 grand on every property. You know, we might've made $20,000 on those properties, which was nice, but we could have just, we could have rented it, paid it down even further, cash flowed it while we were renting it and then made even more on the back end. I mean, it was a, you know, it, it's a, it wasn't a mistake because we made money the whole time, well, but the risk, right? yeah. So like I would say, and when the market's high, you rehab the properties and you sell them. When the market's low, you rehab the properties and you keep them and, and, and rent them out and wait till the market goes up. And then you can you can essentially double your money what you were going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my thought. There's no ever there's never a wrong time to like sell a property, get the money in your pocket. Like money in your pocket's good money. Mm-hmm. So there's never a wrong time. But if you if if that's a strategy you you would like to do, like that's. I mean, we've talked to quite a few people. Uh, I talked to one girl. She had five rentals that she bought back in 15. She sold them all this year, and she made like $50,000 in equity on every one of them. So she made like 250000 plus the money that was paid down. But she's like, I'm cashing out because I made a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she knew the market was a, it was good now. Yeah, it's good now. She so she wanted to get longer, in her pocket. Yeah. But they were all single-family homes. She sold them instantly. Very, very easy sales. Mm-hmm. So... The sense of being able to sell a property quickly or a multi-unit be not being able to, that's a, a pro for single families. Mm-hmm. Appreciation. Appreciation on a single family home and a multi-unit, single family homes are going to win that. Definitely. So now we'll get into pros of a multi-family. So multi-units, you if you know one's empty, one unit's empty, you're, the other units are covering the mortgage payment. Single family, if they're empty, then you're... That's on you. You're kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, you better get that sucker filled. Yeah, you better get that thing filled. Um, but a multifamily, um, you know, you've got more cash flow coming in. You're going to have a you're gonna have a higher cap rate. You're going to have more cash flow coming in because there's, you know, might be four tenants under one roof instead of one. It's just, it's just easier to cover that mortgage payment. But what, what I've seen the most is a, a lot of times you have um, less problems in the sense of, you know, you only have one roof instead of having four. You, uh, you might only have like one big water heater in the basement mm-hmm. instead of, instead of four. When you're going to collect checks, there's four people right there. Um, they're usually, uh, they're usually pretty easy to fill. Um, but, uh, they do just, they just don't appreciate as much as the single family homes. Um, but overall, um, I like the multi-units as being a young investor because the, the, I feel that there's less risk. Um, they're not going to go down in value as much and they're not going to go up in value as much, but if they're empty, like it's no big deal. I've got a property empty right now. Um, we're fixing it up. It's going to take like three, four months to fix it up, but there's three other townhomes right next to it that are rented out. I'm still going to make like $500 a month mm-hmm. with just those three rented out. Like the, the fourth one's where like the money really comes mm-hmm. in. Like I don't, like it is what it is. And you know, I'm not, but if I was renovating a single family home, be empty the whole time. Three same, or four months no money. paying a yeah. Paying yeah. taxes. Paying taxes. I mean, you're losing money every, every day. So that's where the pros and cons come from. I like multi-units definitely right now. Just I'm seeing the cash flow come in. I'm like I said, not against single families whatsoever. I just happen to like 
sell them all. I think I've owned five or six and I just sell them to my clients because I'm like, I need to get my clients a property <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'll give them a good deal and I get a good deal cause I make some money on it and, mm-hmm. and, and, and they get, they get in the property. And so, um, but that's where I'm seeing the, the pros and cons. Um, it's, you know, single family homes for interest rates wise, you're probably going to get a little bit better interest rate. Multifamily is going to be a couple points higher. Um, depending on how big it is, it's easier to get a loan for a single family. It's harder to get one for a multifamily. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's there's pros and cons forever for everybody. Um, what you do need to make sure you do though is decide what kind of investor you want to be. Because if you go buy like two or three eight unit properties and you have twenty four tenants and you have three or instead of three single family homes, like the infrastructure you need, like the amount of phone calls you're going to get from twenty four people instead of like three single family homes, is completely different. So you'll see people that like will own five single family homes and then they buy like a like a thirty unit property and then they're overwhelmed. Well, that's because they didn't have their infrastructure set in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why you see people stick with a certain genre because they might have everything set in place infrastructure wise for big multifamilies, but then you throw a couple single families in, and then you've got to you know you got to figure out landscaping, mm-hmm. you got to figure out you know how you're going to collect that rent and you know how you're going to turn the property and everything. So it's just different. It's just different. But there's no there's no wrong way. I mean, you got my myself that invests in a lot of multi-units, and you got my twin brother who invests in mostly all single families because that's where mm-hmm. he feels comfortable. That's where he sees his profit, and he's making money. Yeah. So there's... There's no, there's no bad way. So you just have to decide which one you're, you're going to do. Single family homes, you're going to have less turnover. You might get someone to live there for two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. Multifamilies, there's constantly going to be someone that you're going to have to, you know, work on their lease and get a new person in. Now that's a good time to reevaluate. Like you were saying, what kind of investor you want to be, and to determine if that's a time. Like, okay, maybe this is where I start needing help. And you know, starting out. I know you've talked about Jordan. If you were going to buy a single family home, you don't want to do a property manager because you want the experience. Right. But then turning it around, if you're going to start, you know, mm-hmm. dabbling in with more and more um, out of your genre, like you were saying, Ryan, um, maybe it's time to call on a property manager at that point. Maybe it's time to, you know, mm-hmm. go to the experts on that. You'll start moving. In different ways as you you learn um you know one thing you've got to you know we all want to gain equity in properties the where you gain your equity in single family homes is when you fix them up you're not going to get equity by renting the property out and showing a high rent and then to an investor they're going to say it's it's just still a single family home because most likely a an individual is going to come by to, to live in it. They're most likely not going to buy it to keep it as a rental. Um, so where you get your equity is you buy it, you get it fixed up and really nice, and you rent it out over the time, and you let it appreciate. And then when you're getting ready to sell it, you you throw a couple bucks into it, and then there's your there's your appreciation. Right. Um, there's your, there's your equity. Well, with multi units, it's, it's different. You know, you want to fix it up. So we have a property in Franklin. It's an eight unit, and um, Jake Dotson and I bought it together. It was severely undervalued. We we bought it. They were renting each unit for three fifty. We got all the rents up to over six fifty. I think some are even in seven hundred dollars a wow. month. We we added. We bought it for two fifty. We could probably sell it for four hundred now. Wow. The reason that is, it wasn't because we like fixed each unit up and everything, which we did fix some units up. Is because we got the rent up. Mm-hmm. It was managed properly now we're able to show investors what the cap rates and the cash ROIs are like hard numbers and the property looks nice with single family homes you're just fixing up the quality that makes sense so then like with that property you were just talking about did 
were the units that you raised the rent vacant or were the people living there and you raised their rent? Like, how did that go over? So the first month we, we, you know, we introduced ourselves and we said in three months we would be raising your rent to $600. If you would like to stay here, you can sign a lease. When you're, if you do not like to do that, just let us know. We'll then be uh, putting your unit up for rent for six seventy five to seven hundred. So some people sign leases. They they, they sign leases for six hundred. They knew they were getting a steal. Yeah. This yeah. lady hadn't oh, yeah. raised her rent in like twenty years. Yeah. Wow! Like there's people that were like, yeah, like this is like an absolute steal. I mean, they're really nice two bedroom units. Yeah. Even and for six hundred dollars, that's still, it's still like, yeah, it's still a steal. Yeah. So we so the, there was like it was fully occupied. Like three people left. Well, those three people that left, we went in and put new flooring in, painted, and did a couple other things. Not a lot of renovation. We're getting like seven twenty-five for those. And then the other people that stayed after the first year, we then raised it up to six fifty. So now we're like six fifty to seven twenty-five for all the properties. Well, we're able to show we're almost we almost doubled the income, the rent coming in. We're able to show that. It it made sense at two fifty with getting three fifty a month for rent or whatever she was getting. Now it like super makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there's eight units. Yeah, there's eight units getting over like getting almost averaging around seven hundred or like six ninety. Um, if we put this up on the market, we could easily sell it for four hundred thousand in a day. Like someone would buy it hands down because the numbers see it. So that's where your your rehab is in the management. Yeah. That's where your equity will be gained in multifamily properties. And then in single-family properties, you're going to gain that equity um, in fixing the property up, getting to where you want to be. But you might not want to fix it up right away. You might want to buy it, fix it up to where like it looks good. And then after, you, then when you're ready to sell it five years down the road when the market's appreciated a bunch, that's when you go in and say, hey, let's put new flooring in, new appliances, countertop, paint, fix the bathroom up, you know, maybe throw 10, 15 grand into it. And that's when you essentially flip the house right yeah so that's that's the difference and when you're going to gain equity in a multifamily unit and equity in a single family is there ever really a point with your multifamilies where you feel like the equity you've gotten is worth selling it like a single family or you do you more so like hold on to these or do you only like sell one off when you find something else you want to buy if you need the money or in what cases do you like sell off your multifamilies? Because obviously that doesn't happen as quickly as single yeah. families. So like for like single families, selling them off like it's kind of like right. whenever you need the yeah. money. It, I right. mean, I or like I want to get my client in there and like Kyle, yeah. he talked about selling a single family home. He's like, shit, I only have seventy in, or like I can sell it for you know one twenty. You know, right? He, you know, he he's like, heck, you know, like it's hard to turn the money down. Yeah. So that's that's and then for single families uh, or for multifamilies, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at where the property is. You don't want to sell it when it's being mismanaged. Or like we have a property right now. It's a three-unit, and a guy passed away. He was older. He was like 80-something years old. He passed away. Well, his son lived next door. Well, his son doesn't want to live there anymore. So two of the three properties are vacant. There's no reason to go and sell that right now because investors are going to see two vacant properties. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to sell it. You want to sell it. When that's when a lot of investors make mistakes. Most property and uh, multifamilies you'll buy are mismanaged, which it should be the opposite way. I mean, obviously, they're selling it because they're mismanaging and they're losing money. But where you get the most money out of the property is when it's managed properly. And there's flows. Like, we feel like we do a very good job managing properties, 
But there's some times where you're just like, this last two months has been a bad couple months for this property, and there's no rhyme or reason. It's just like, hey, a lease came up, uh, someone passed away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason to it. You know, there could be someone just disappears, just, yeah. just picks up and leaves, and you never hear from them again. And But, like, that's just the way it is. But, man, when you have it managed properly— it's a great time to put a stupid price on it and see if mm-hmm. you can get it. Well, not that you want to sell that Franklin property, but in a situation like that, it sounds like would be a case that you yeah. would sell it. Get it well, to where it needs to be, yeah. where you're confident we know, in the price. We know that we could sell that property instantly for 400 but here's the issue. It cash flows so hard. We bought it for 250 Right, yeah, you don't want to so get rid of it. we've got a $400,000 property we bought for 250 Like We don't want to get rid of it at no. all because it's cash flowing. So I, worse comes to worse. We'll refi it and take a hundred grand out of that property and put it towards something else. Like that's what we'll do with that property. Um, there's three three units that we own, and they do okay. Like they're not like the best performing ones compared to like some of our other ones. And like so, we're thinking about selling those to free up the capital to go put somewhere else. Um, it's managed as well as we can manage it, uh, but it's still not like. A bone crusher. I mean, it's not that Franklin property with low taxes and high rent and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to, to pick, but at the same time, it we you know Jake and I own that one, those three three units together, and we we're just like, you know, maybe that's it's time for you know us to move on from those, and we want to invest in something bigger as well. So um, that's the one that we're like. It doesn't make sense for us to own because it's not near any of our other properties either. Like we have some in Miamisburg, we have a bunch in Franklin, I got a bunch in Waynesville, then I have like these three random Kettering ones and <laughs> stuff, which is which is fine. It's just uh, it doesn't really make as much sense. So if anybody listening wants three three units, <laughs> let me know. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's not like there's anything wrong with them. They all have new roofs, everything. It's just one of those things where it's like you gotta sell one if you want something like. We don't have unlimited money, so if we want to turn it over and put in something else, we've got to sell one, and we're like, well, that's our least sexy one, so let's uh, let's do that one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't seem like they come for sale all that often. Yeah, like four or five years ago, they were coming up all the time. Yeah. You had your pick now from them. Now it's so hard to find. It, like, any good one that comes up, like, Jake put one up for sale that he owned for, like, four years or three years. And like we put it at like a really like, like a pretty aggressive price. Yeah, my client made an offer on that. Yeah, over yeah. asking. He's yeah, so over asking. <laughs> yeah, I know. It like went like way over. I was yeah, like, and we were like on the first day. Yeah, on the first day. I mean, I couldn't believe how many offers it got. So that's the thing is, if you look on on the online and you see a property sitting there for like twenty days, thirty days, and you're like, oh man, this might be a great multi unit. It's nope. probably not <laughs> yeah. because it's been there. There's so many investors. Not everybody missed those properties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like definitely with a multi unit, like there's so many investors just waiting to pounce. Um, I know we contradicting ourselves that it takes a long time to sell the, the properties. Financing is the part that takes right. the long time. Mm-hmm. If you put a good price on it, like anything will sell. But uh, but yeah, they're, they're, any good one's gone just instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean we try to we we try to you know get our clients to in there beforehand but it's you know it's it's still hard it's still it's still hard to, to get them and that's what kind of like with single family homes too you know you kind of have to find that distressed grandma's home that one that has like a nice roof good mechanicals but like all the updates look like hell mm-hmm. and uh 
to, to get a good to get a good deal and to make sense rental wise right now. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like with like you just said with single families, there are on occasion the houses like that that come on the market. But it seems like more times than not, especially with like my clients, the houses they end up keeping as rentals that are single families are ones like you just said. Some like some family friends grandma passed away and so they buy it it's like a property that not everybody knows about yeah. that they are able to get their hands on the best ones are like it's very common you see those like ranches in kettering and centerville pop up right um that are like structurally they are brick shit houses mm-hmm. like they are going to be there for a long it's going to look the same in 40 years like right those kettering brick houses that were built in like the 60s and the 50s those things look exactly the same as what they did 70 years ago and uh, those are great ones but then you walk in and you're like seeing the green carpet from like the (laughs) 70s still there bathroom tile yeah the little like you know in the entryway where like the little flowers would come Mm -hmm. out like the little rock stones and stuff like Mm -hmm. that yeah like those are all in there um but those are the best houses to get put fresh paint in it change the flooring and then go and rent it out and then hold it for 10 years pay it down and then when you feel it's right like the market's up then you go and unload it you go and you go and fix the bathroom up that's pink that no renter really cared mm-hmm. you know but it was still tiled yeah. but now uh, you know you you put the updated stuff in it you know don't go ahead and update it right when you buy it update it when you sell it because you know 10 years from now like everybody you know four years ago everybody did um tans and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden HGTV came out and said gray, gray, gray. And now everything's like white and gray. White and gray. So yeah. if you updated it seven, eight years ago with all the tans yeah. and now you're trying to sell it, now you're out of date. So like wait to wait to do your major updates. When, for when you sell it. Yeah. yeah. There's no wrong way to go either. Either way, if you have questions on single family homes or multi-units, which way you would like to go, please contact us. We can go in depth on you know, what might make sense for you personally. But in the meantime, um, look for our next uh, podcast that will be coming out with this series. And this has been the Next Level Real Estate Podcast by the Ryan Gillen team. And you guys have a great day.